welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. If you look back on your life, when would you say were the times that you felt closest to the Lord? Was it when everything was going well, or was it during difficulty and trials? In this classic message, Francis Chan exhorts all of us to see suffering the way that Scripture portrays it, a means of fellowship with Jesus like no other. guys, can we just forget for a moment that we're church planters or pastors or whatever? Because this really has nothing to do with that. It had to do with being a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, and actually hearing those words, well done. That's what so much of my life is about. It's not about how can I become this church planter or this or that. It's just, man, am I going to do whatever he tells me to do right now? Am I open to his will right now? Seth, that I may have shared with you before, but it's that, it's that I, I just remember having a dream year, years ago where, 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 you know, one of those dreams that was so realistic, and I thought that I died in my dream. First time in my life I ever died in a dream. I always got away somehow, you know, and this was the one where I died, and I remember just in my bed, it was so real. I was on my knees, and my face was in my pillow. You ever have a dream so real, you're moving, and, and you know, like you're trying to catch a baseball or something, and and this one, I'm on my face, and I am just shaking. I'm literally sweating. I'm terrified. I really thought I was in the presence of God. And my face is in my pillow, and I'm thinking about everything I know about him. I'm thinking about Revelation chapter 4, and I'm picturing this throne before me, and I'm picturing this being, this holy being, and these angels screaming out. I'm picturing lightning and thunder, and, and then all the, you know, the, the, the 24 elders, the 100 million angels, the whole thing is going on, and, I'm, and I just died, and I'm coming before that God right there. Man, this was all in my dream, and my heart is just pounding. I was so scared. Man, and I, you know, I'm not scared to die. I mean, shoot me, go ahead. I, I, I'm not fearful that way, but there is something crazy about what's it going to be like when I see God. And that's what I'm talking about here. It was that moment where I was just terrified. My heart's pounding. I'm, you know, cold sweat. And then the thought occurs to me, maybe this is a dream. You know, you ever, you do that in the middle of your dream, you think, wait a second, you know, this might be a dream and you don't know and so you just think, so I, I, you got to shake yourself, you got to do something. And so I just think, okay, I'm going to lift my head up as fast as I can, as hard as I can. So if I'm asleep, this should jolt me awake. And, but what a terrifying feeling to, to think, this is the moment. This is the moment I'm going to stand before God. And, and, and so I'm going to lift my head up when I count to three, and I'll either see God or my headboard. And I just go... One, two, three. And I just jerk my head up and I, I see my bed and I go, oh, okay, good. It was a dream. I'm sweating. I'm going, wow, that was so insane. But, but I bring that up because what if that's the way it works? Okay? What if that's the way it works? I don't know. Maybe we really do just fall on our face and there's God before us. What are you going to feel at that moment? And what, what, if, what if you're on your face and you actually hear the voice of God at that moment and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. 
Can you imagine what you would feel at that moment? Think about that. Think about hearing that out of the mouth of God. He just says, well done, good and faithful servant. Just, I, man, I get the chills just saying that. You know, I, I would just bawl. I would just scream. I would just shake. I would feel like, man, this is all I ever wanted was to hear those words. And, and at that moment, is there anything else in the world you would rather have than to hear those two words come out of the mouth of God? See, this is nothing about how big of a church, how many churches, can I be this, can I be that? It's, oh man, I've got to hear those words from God. It's about being a follower of Jesus. That's what we're talking about today. Man, I'm not the, you know, guy on strategies or this or that. I'm just this person that's going... Kind of is what the Spirit's leading me to. I'm looking at my life, and I'm going, so comfortable right now. And every time I'd fly in LAX, and I'd see all these lights, I'd go, gosh, I think I'm supposed to be in the middle of that, but that scares me. I mean, you ever, you ever just driven around, there's just millions, literally millions of people in one city, and you're just going, what do I even do? How do I even start? What do I do, build a building that seats a million? You know, it's just, what do you do? How do you reach it? And, and it's like, hey, Lord, this has got to be a supernatural act of you. But I'm scared, you know, and we're going, hey, let's go away. Let's go away to just some third world country, whether it's Thailand or India or Africa. Let's just get away as a family. And let me just get alone with this book and hear from the Lord and say, Where do you, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. I want to hear well done. It's like when my wife said, I go, I just, she just so badly wants to hear those two words, and I do too. Other people tell you, good job. Other people email, you say, oh, I like what you said here. I, I emailed, you know, I liked your book. I like this. I like, it just doesn't really matter. I, I keep looking at life and, and going, man, my parents didn't live to this age. I don't know that I got tomorrow. And what's it going to be like when I stand before God? It, it, it blows my mind because ever since I turned 40 a couple years ago, two years ago, almost three, um, I, I, uh, I don't know, I just keep thinking about the end. I do. I mean, I've thought about it a lot during my life, but I just, there's something about that 40 mark that hit me, and I just go, man, I, all that matters now, I gotta really get ready to face God. And be perfectly honest, um, and, I, and I mean this respectfully, um, I meet a lot of guys older than me. And they're not thinking about the end, and I don't get it. They're still thinking about retirement and whether they're going to be set up for that. They're, they're thinking about what they're going to do when they retire or this or that. And I, I don't get it. I mean, isn't this book all about the moment we face God and and how awesome that's going to be, or how terrifying it's going to be, you know? And uh, I, 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 I don't get this whole thing about setting ourselves up and worrying about that so much. Um, man, and I, I respect, I want to say it with all respect, but I just don't get it. I talk to so many people like that in my church, where I'm going, really? That's what occupies your mind right now? Because with every year that passes, I'm thinking more and more about that moment. And I'm not talking about a works thing, like I got to do this, you know, to earn God's favor or whatever else. It's just, it's just, I love him. He's done so much for me. I just want to hear those words. I just want to know that I spent my life, this tiny little life here during this time on earth, and I did what I could do. 
And, and the things that, that, that Matt Carter was talking about, about, about going into where the poor are and caring for them. To me, all those thoughts came to my mind because I thought, wait a second, you know, 1 John 3.16 says that Christ laid down his life for us. That that was an example. That, that we're supposed to do that for our brothers. That we're supposed to lay down. I go, man, the only way is if, if I can just leave the comforts and go, go, go to where the needs really are. And then I hear about Richmond talking about his, his dad getting shot and his mom, you know, and all, everything that goes on and, and just the brevity of life over there. And I just go, man, isn't that the place where we're supposed to, to be a light? And obviously someone needs to stay and be where the rich people are. Uh, you know, I hear that all the time. But we've got so many people that seem to be called to the rich people. You, you know? <laughs> I'm serious. It, it's, 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 it was insane. I, I did, you know, someone's talking about NASCAR. I went to my first NASCAR race a few, like a month or two ago. and Because I just never, and I don't woo, because I, I don't like it. And, uh, but I, 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 no, I'm kidding. I went because they said I could sit in the pit, you know, right where they changed the tires and everything. I thought, wow. And, and uh, you know, so I, I it, was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool being there. I would never sit where we're normal people sit but it, it just being there was fun because you're like wow look at that look how fast he's going you know gas is flying splashing on you it's just wow it was insane you know and I I I, I would go back I would go back but I don't know it's just a little boring a little for me because I don't know that much about cars and uh you know what I do want to do though I'd I, I'd want to participate in all else I'd love to be the guy that hits the car on the way out you know, there's that one guy that just runs alongside and goes, you know, it's like, just let me do that. I can't hurt anything, you know. But um, what, what was my point? Oh, my gosh, I got all into the NASCAR thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I was at, you know, they have a little prayer time with the drivers and stuff like that, a little chapel beforehand, and the guy that was in charge of it he was talking to me afterwards, and he says, you know, so many people want my position. Everyone wants to be the guy that ministers to these people that are famous. And, uh, and I was like, wow, that's got to be crazy. He goes, and everyone's trying to jump in and start a ministry to these guys, you know, this small group of people. And, and it's needed, absolutely needed. And he's seen great things go, but, uh, or happen, but... As he was sharing at the chapel, this guy goes, this is actually gonna be uh, my last chapel. Everyone wants to minister to you guys. There's guys waiting in line to care for you. I'm gonna move to Mexico, and I'm gonna go work in an orphanage, and I'm gonna go care for the poor, because no one wants to go over there. No one wants to be there. That's really cool, um, because Let's just, let's just get real with it. I mean, are we in the positions we're in because we're... If so, man, go, be there, do it all. But there's this sense to our Christian faith where we're supposed to be suffering. Like, things don't make sense as believers if we're not suffering. You know, that's why Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. But I also want that fellowship of his sufferings. You know, it's the idea of I, I wanna I, I wanna I wanna be side by side with I hate pain, I can't stand pain, but but the thought of what if while Jesus was being beaten, I was I was looking him eye to eye and I was getting beaten at the same time. Can you imagine how close you would be to Jesus? 
Okay, imagine you were crucified with him. And let's say for you, for, for the same reason, you know, just they're just rejecting you. And can you imagine, you know, we saw the passion of the Christ. We're both just strung up. And the, the imagine the pain and just, ah. But imagine looking at Jesus in the eyes. Imagine the fellowship right there that you would have with the Son of God. Like, okay, I know I'm in a good place right now. Can you imagine stumbling up the, 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 the road, carrying a crossbeam with Jesus, and you incur Jesus, the Son of God, walking side by side? Yeah, and can you imagine being nailed to a cross as he's screaming out, you're screaming out, and he's just saying, just hold on, we're going to be in paradise together today. I mean, just the, can you imagine the fellowship? Can you imagine how close you would feel with Jesus? See, Paul says, I want that. I want everything, not just the power of the resurrection, but also the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Because I want to be with him forever. I just, I just want that. See, Jesus says in Matthew 10, verses 34, 35, don't think that I came to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Mark 8, 34, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever should save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Luke 6, 22, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. John 15, verse 18, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Luke, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 5, verse 40. 41, they left the presence of the council, I'm sorry, and when they called in the apostles, they beat them, charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus, then let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Romans 8, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if deed children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Are you getting a pattern here? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans? If not, you'll get it after these next two. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We labor, work with our hands. When reviled, we blessed. When persecuted, we endure. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 5. We share abundantly in Christ's suffering. So through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort too. Galatians 6, 12. There are those who, who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Ephesians 6 describes our wrestle, not against flesh and blood. Philippians 1, 29, it's been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Colossians 1, 24, you guys, it's just every chapter, you just, every, every book in the New Testament, you, you know, you'll, you'll see this theme. It's not just something I'm going, oh, he quoted that one obscure verse. You want to go through the New Testament and talk about verse, 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 uh, about how it's been granted for us 
that if we really lived it out, there would be some suffering going on. And I just got to a point in my life, I go, man, where's the suffering? Where's the, where's the Christ-likeness where I'm emptying myself and I'm, and I'm, I'm going and, and caring for someone? You know, we, we joke around about those guys moving the keyboard and everything, else, but it, it's starting to feel like that, you know? It's like, man, where, where, where is this servant side? When people look at my life, how are they seeing Jesus? But, but it's not like, oh, man, so make yourself a martyr. Go out there and say, it's, it's, it's a desire. Paul says, this is what I want. Everything else is just lame. I want this. I want to I experience Christ. It's, it's, um, it's, it's like, a, I don't know what I've shared with who and whatever. So I'm just going to say whatever comes to my mind. All right. um, but last year, I was in Korea, and I, and I got to meet this guy um, who was one of the guys that was uh, abducted um, with those missionaries in Korea that were abducted by the Taliban. Remember that? And they started killing them one at a time. I think it was about two years ago. And this was one of the guys. And uh, he tells the story about when the Taliban arrested them. And he talks about how they were in this circle and they just, each of them, I believe there were 23 of them to start. Each of them surrendered their life to Jesus and said, Jesus, if you want to take my life and I'll bring you more glory, take it. That's powerful. And then one of the gals had a Bible with her still. They don't know how she still had it, but she ripped it into like 23 pieces and passed it around. And they just each hid a little portion of scripture in their pockets or whatever so that when they're, because they were about to be taken to different places to be uh, separated by the Taliban. And they go this, this way, whenever you're alone and you get a chance that no one's looking, got the word of God, look at it, love it, you know, have it be your hope. And uh, so, so powerful. And he, he was talking about how the pastor, his pastor looked at them and said, look, they're going to start killing us one at a time. After they separate us, they'll start killing us. And I told them that if anyone dies, I die first because I am your pastor. And this guy that I was having dinner with, he said he interrupted him. He says, no. He goes, I too am a pastor, and I am older than you. I am your elder. He goes, I die first. And the other guy goes, no. I am ordained. You are not. <laughs> this true story. I am ordained. You are not ordained. I die first. And sure enough, he died first. And he's telling me the story, you know, and I'll go, man, see, that's a real thing that fits in the book of Acts, that fits with everything else I see in the New Testament. And I'm just looking at my life going, man, there's too much that doesn't fit. It's, it's not about, okay, how do I move this ministry, grow this church, you know, start something new, this thing, that. No, it's just, I, I want to I wanna, I wanna just look at the Bible and have peace. And there are times in my life when I feel it. Oh, I didn't even finish the story. Okay, so here's the crazy thing. Okay, they killed, I think they just killed a couple of them. And, they, and then somehow they got rescued. They come back. The pastor, this, this guy that I'm dealing with, he goes, the amazing thing is he goes, all those people that were with us on that trip, they've come back to me. And one by one, they go, Pastor, don't you wish we were still there? See, they were separated, and they're put in pits, tortured, whatever, by this Taliban. 
And he says, all of these people are saying, don't you wish we were still there? And here's what they say. They go, when I was there, I felt so close to Jesus. I felt so close to him. He goes, now that we're back in Seoul, they, they go, I've tried to fast. I've tried to do these different things. I try to pray for hours, but I can't get that intimacy with Jesus back. Don't you wish we were still imprisoned by the Taliban because it was such sweet fellowship with Jesus? Don't hear that. I said, you wish you were in a pit in Afghanistan somewhere, wondering if you're going to live another day because you felt the presence of God. And I remember hearing other missionaries talk about that. And I started thinking, wait, that makes sense. It makes sense because when were we going to experience the Holy Spirit? Jesus says it's when you're put up in front of the authorities and you don't know what to say. He goes then, don't, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit then you'll experience. See, we always think, let me experience the Holy Spirit on this mountaintop or, you know, uh, you know at, at the ocean. Or, and that's all fine. We need to have times like that. But there's something about experiencing the Holy Spirit when we're in danger. Or we go, well, I'm in an uncomfortable place here, and I'm experiencing him. And it makes sense now. You remember the story of Stephen. Stephen getting stoned. Remember that? There, he's preaching, and what a powerful sermon right in their face. You know, and they, they start to pick up these stones to kill him. And Stephen goes, I see Jesus right now. I, I can see him. He, he, he's standing at the right hand of the Father. So go ahead, kill me. I don't care. It's the same thing as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember when they throw them in that fiery furnace and he throws them and he goes, wait, I threw three of them. Who's that fourth person? See, there's something about the presence of God when we're in those situations. And that's why Paul's saying, I, I, I want to know Christ. I want to know the powers, but I want to know this fellowship that I get when I'm suffering. And, and again, this is, this is nothing to do with pastoring or whatever, but it has everything to do with this conference. It's about you being the right person. It's like what my wife said. She goes, if we don't follow and do, what kind of leaders are we? That's what I was telling my people, too. I go, you know, everything. I skip quoted my wife. I go, you know, it's, it's, yeah, that, yeah, what she said. You know, we, well, if I'm not listening, then what kind of pastor am I? That's why I you know, five years ago, I left for, for a brief stint because I just said, you know, I don't even know if I want to follow the Lord. Again, it has nothing to do with being a pastor. It's just about being a Christian. I get scared of his will sometimes. I go, man, are you serious, Lord? That's what you want me to do? I don't even want to know what you want me to do. I, I can create this little position for myself and set myself up for the rest of my life. And you know what? All the other people in America will think that I'm living for you and everything else, but it's just, I'm just done with it. And I'm telling you, it's just, I, I just feel so alive. I don't know what the future holds for me. It's just nice to go, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say next? I don't, I don't know where you're at today. There's just so many of you. I think there's some of you that are thinking about planting churches, some of you that are about to start, others of you that are in churches, others that have been in this ministry thing here for a while. 
I'm just, I guess the only question I have, and, and you can lie to my face, you can tell your congregation different or whatever, I'm just saying between you and God, you and that holy God right now, the only question I have for you is, are you really at peace with him? you really at peace where you're going, I'm surrendered, Jesus, and I really would go, and I mean, because we'll say things like that. We're notorious for that. We say things we don't mean. We'll sing things we don't mean. Lift my hands and spin around. Who really lifts their hands and spins around as we sing that? No one. You know, you're going, oh, I'm doing it in my heart. Yeah, that's what he meant. You guys, I'm just, I'm just saying, we, we, we say things that we, we don't really mean. We sing things we don't mean. We write things we don't really mean. And I'm just saying, when we're before the Lord, though, there's no screwing around. There's no lying. There's no deception. See, I can stand for my congregation and go, I will go anywhere, the Lord. But when I'm alone with God, He knows if I really meant that statement or not. And there are times when I've pretended to have more peace than I really did. Because in my time alone with God, I'd go, I'm not sure if I meant that. I'm not sure if I really would go anywhere and I really do like my life. That's what I loved about my wife going, here's the reality, I'm scared to death. I've got four kids and he's saying to hate them. It sure seems like that's what he's saying. And, you know, of course, we're called to love him, but in in light of the mission and the calling of God, it's like, is God that far above my family? Is he really? And she's saying, Jesus, I want to be your disciple. I want it. I long for it. And I just think there's some of you right now where it's just not clicking. I know what it feels like when it's clicking in my relationship with God where I'm going, I really believe I'm walking in step with the Spirit right now. I really feel like I would go anywhere with you. You know, I'm talking to God and just going, you know what, I would die for you. You know what, I, I, I know I know you know I'm weak, but I, I, I think I would die for you and I think I would suffer and whatever. And so I'm going to take this step and it may be in the inner city of L.A. It may be, I don't know, but I, I just sometimes want to know that I'm for real. And it feels good to know that right now. It feels good, like I said, to be transformed. But some of you, you're not feeling that right now, and maybe you feel bound to something. Maybe you're scared of something. Maybe you think you're supposed to launch, and maybe even right now this is confirmation, like, I just need to take a step of faith, and I need to experience him again. I need to suffer again. I need to go back and just be like it was. And I'm not just saying this another trite statement, but I believe this is all a result of prayer. People prayed for me, I prayed for myself, and I just said, God, I just want to go wherever again. I just want to experience you again like I did in the early days. Like I got too professional for a while and just got too stuck in a rut for a while and forget what anyone else does in America. I just want to do what you called me to do. And when I look at this word, I'm telling you, when I come back from wherever to go wherever, um, I, I don't know where, where it's going to take me. And I, I want to be as biblical as possible. And I don't think that if I were alone on an island and I just read this book over and over again, I would come you know, to America and say, I know what I need to do, start a Sunday service. 
I'm not saying they're bad or whatever. I just don't know if that's focus of this. I, I think it's good to have them. I, I just, that wouldn't be priority number one. I think it would be sharing with strangers and making disciples of them, living life with them and multiplying that and gathering house to house to break bread. I mean, isn't it crazy that that's what they did and some of you have never even had communion in a house? It's just, just weird things where I go, this is so inconsistent. But some of you, God's calling you to have peace again. Take a step of faith. And maybe it's hard because you got pretty established, pretty rooted. Believe me, I know. But something in you, most likely the Holy Spirit, is saying, I want you to jump again. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. Join us next time for a new episode. But until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org.